A couple of weeks ago, we looked at A Room with a View, which belongs to a small genre called heritage cinema. Almost unique to British film, its content and style harkens back to a time when Britain was the world's major power. Hollywood has an equivalent period. Take out the papers and the, the mid-50s to the early 60s. After World War II, young servicemen and women started new lives with new jobs, moved into new homes and created the nuclear family. Starting in 1955, Disneyland opened, Elvis gyrated on national TV, NASA was founded, Motown released its first record, John F. Kennedy became the youngest ever elected president, AT&T launched the world's first commercial communication satellite, and on August the 28th, 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King uttered these beautiful words. I have a dream. Everything seemed so possible. But less than 90 days later, on November the 22nd, it all came crashing down. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. The thing about Hollywood heritage films, Dead Poets Society, That Thing You Do, Mona Lisa Smile, is that they rarely acknowledge the burning issues of the day, or if they do, Mississippi burning, Driving Miss Daisy, Forrest Gump, they do so with emollients, reassuring contemporary audiences that all those issues, racism, child abuse and war, have all been wiped away. And scarring as those times may have been, the only thing that lingers on is the music. Hey, we're back here with the boss man, Bob Cormier. From the racks and stacks, it's the best on wax. It's the Cornettes with Lollipop. Nostalgia operates in a very anachronistic way. We conveniently slip and slide facts and dates back and forth so everything reforms into a neatly ordered fiction that suits our own truths. A prime example of this is the name of the film Stand By Me. It's based on a short story, The Body, by Stephen King, and he set it in 1960. But director Rob Reiner pushed the story back to 1959. And then for some reason, he decided to use Benny King's hit song, which wasn't released until 1961. Although Stephen King is known for horror, the main bulk of the body has no horror at all. Four young friends learn that a missing boy is now presumed dead, so they head out into the wilderness to find him. It is only after they have done so that King injects his expected strand of paranormal. Three of the four boys never make it beyond their early 20s because it seems they have been cursed by finding the body. King subtitled the story Fall from Innocence, but when Rob Reiner went to adapt it, he jettisoned all the paranormal and focused on the innocence. You think Mighty Mouse could beat up Superman? What are you, cracked? Why not? I saw the other day he was carrying five elephants in one hand. Boy, you don't know nothing. Mighty Mouse is a cartoon. Superman is a real guy. No way a cartoon could beat up a real guy. Yeah, maybe you're right. Would be a good fight, though. There is a certain style that is common to almost all heritage films, and Stand By Me is no different. Such stories are told in as smooth and unobtrusive manner as possible. Nothing is done to draw attention to the cinematic aspect of the film. The editing really only links the shots together without necessarily adding another layer to the story, and the same goes for the cinematography. Of course it looks nice, but scene after scene the action takes place on the same plane. Nothing in the background or the foreground contrasts with what is happening in the midground, and everything happens in the midground. 
Moreover, the camera doesn't interact with the characters or even comment on them. Instead, it just watches and lets the young boys try to articulate their growing pains. You could be a real writer someday, Gordy. Fuck writing. I don't want to be a writer. It's stupid. It's a stupid waste of time. That's your dad talking. Bullshit. Full true. I don't know how your dad feels about you. He doesn't give a shit about you. Danny was the one he cared about. Don't try to tell me different. But you know what? Poetic camera moves or intricate editing would only have gotten in the way. In fact, if you look at any of Rob Reiner's best movies, This is Spinal Tap, The Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, and Misery, another Stephen King adaptation, their strengths are in the acting and the dialogue. If you watch Stand By Me, you will notice that several scenes are filmed in long, single takes. And that is a tribute to everyone involved. Getting a child actor to keep concentrating is hard enough, but when you have four of them... Hey, I'm kind of hungry. Who's got the food? Oh, shit. Did anybody bring anything? Not me. Gordy? Oh. Oh, this is great. What are we supposed to do? Eat our feet? You mean you didn't bring anything either? Well, shit, this wasn't my idea. It was Vern's idea. Why didn't you bring something? What am I supposed to do? Think of everything? I brought the comb. Oh, Vern, you brought the comb. What do you need a comb for? You don't even have any hair. I brought it for you guys. Hey, 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 hey. Let's see how much money we got. Although Stand By Me is set at the end of an idyllic summer in 1959, its nostalgia is not completely untrammeled. All the boys come from heavily dysfunctional families. Chris comes from a broken home. Vern's father almost burned his ear off. Teddy is a punch bag in the making and Gordy's parents haven't even noticed him since his brother died. There is a pallor of death that stalks along throughout the film and I think that sense of mortality gave the film an unexpected texture and it is one of the reasons why it has aged so well.